Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got another in-studio guest. We are so blessed. I rhymed that and didn't even try it on purpose. Uh, Mary Danielson is with us. Before we get to Mary and talk about some worldview issues and what's happening around the world, amazing, and we can't possibly keep up with everything. So we're going to try to tackle a few issues and news stories today uh, from the perspective of Bible prophecy. But I want to share what we're going to be where we're going to be going on Monday, we might touch a little bit on this today, just so Monday is going to be a headlines and um, news show. Um, Tuesday, by the way, Freemasonry. Wait till you hear what we've got planned. Anyway, so headlines, sobering Barna poll finds most Americans create a, quote, customized worldview. That doesn't surprise me. They make it up. Um, next, this is an update, what we didn't get to, but we talked about yesterday, CBO, Congressional Budget Office says Biden's student loan handout could cost $400 billion. We talked a little bit about socialism yesterday, went back to the Lyndon Johnson administration and the Great Society, how they were supposed to eradicate poverty and all that. Uh, next headline, the CDC has quietly lifted the universal mask recommendation for health care providers. Interesting. You didn't hear that in the news. Another related story we won't get to until Monday. Dr. Fauci's income net worth nearly doubled during the pandemic. Well, at the same time, 200,000 small businesses closed down due to his policies. Interesting. Uh, locally, a motion to rescind fails. So Wisconsin school district to move forward with sex ed for kindergartners. Kindergartners. Sex ed for kindergartners. And then another story, Manitowoc teachers told not to give opinion on controversial issues. Do you understand what I just read? That they're going to have sex ed for kindergartners in Wisconsin schools, some Wisconsin schools, and yet there are districts that are saying you can't talk about controversial issues. What the heck are they teaching in sex ed that's not controversial, right? Uh, let's move on. Um, actually, oh, bring the Bible to school day is next uh, October 6th, next week. Focus on the family is reminding everybody, bring your Bible to school. If you have Christian children in the public schools, um, God bless you. I don't know how you do it, but remember, if they can bring their Bible to school, that would be the day, October 6th. And also, uh, the, the, these other headlines, one more, one more, and then we'll get to today's topic. Uh, media blackout, a far-left radical killed an 18-year-old Republican his name is Kaylor Ellison over his political views. But, of course, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, silent. How do you think that story would play if a Trump supporter or Republican killed a Democrat? Boy, yeah, you know how that would play. All right, well, now let's bring in Mary Danielson. We're blessed to have her in studio. She's an author, researcher, speaker who has written a book titled Home Before Dark. We talked about that, I think, um, uh, on a previous podcast, but she's also written a number of Lighthouse Trails booklets. She's presented over 150 prophecy updates. I know that makes her tired just thinking about it. Her radio segment, Two Minute Warnings, you can hear that. We heard it just before the podcast today. They're heard on Christian stations around the country. She also produces a series of tracks called Contender Series, which outline and expose various winds of doctrine blowing through the professing church in these last days. Mary is an integral member of Calvary Chapel in Appleton, Wisconsin, and a longtime worship team member. God bless you, sister. Welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Good morning. Thank you for having me back. What a, what a privilege this is for me. So thank you for being here. Before we start out, and we, you've got a new, uh, you're contributing to a new book coming out with Lighthouse Trail. Before we get to some of this, and then some of the topics and the two-minute warnings. The Prophecy Conference, I was so blessed to be a part of that, um, just to be energized by the attendees there a couple weeks ago at Calvary Chapel Appleton, and some of the sessions. I mean, I, Andy Woods on the Days of Noah, that still blew my mind, but so many great speakers. 
tell us a little bit about how that went for you. I'm sure you had just like three days of sleep <laughs> after the conference, and you had to kind of recover. Tell us about that and some, maybe some of the feedback you're getting. Yeah, more like a week of sleep. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, after every conference, and we've been doing these a long time, this is the 50th conference that I've put on as a staff person, which includes pastors, prophecy, and creation. But wow. um it's such a privilege to put these on, and this one in particular, and we always say, that was the best one yet. No, this was the best one yet. And David, you were such a big part of that, and all the sessions were remarkable, the, how the Lord put them all together, and Andy Woods mm. is, yeah, that was, that was incredible. That was amazing. I'm still thinking about that one, too. Um, but the way, people can listen right now. They can watch yes. those sessions at ccappleton.org under the Media Library. Yes, and our app. You can go on in the App Store um, and get the app, and you can watch those. You can share them. We've please, had please. record numbers of people watching these Praise records. God. I mean, you know, four times as many as had in the past. And it was really spectacular. And the darker the times get, the more refreshing these are, the mm. more uh, encouraging these are, and, and people recognize that. Yeah, and I think they want – people are hungrier for the truth, I think, than yeah. they ever have been. Yeah. Um, and that's for a lot of different reasons. But it, since COVID in particular mm-hmm. and the lying media and the, the globalists and what, what's happened in our country, uh, the, the election issues we've had, all the different things and how they're censoring – one side of the debate, meaning usually the biblical worldview is censored big time, whether that be social media or, you know, the public square in general. We're in fascinating times. Oh, that boy. We're seeing communist policy <clears throat> in play, in play. In people, play. People don't understand. When you put out one side, a narrative, a propaganda, and you silence the opposition, that's what the communist and world yeah. dictators did. Yeah, and the planet is lurching to the left remarkably so, and in ways that you may not know, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So you've got a book coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, you're contributing to a book. I see other names there. Carl Teichrib, we've had him on the podcast. Uh, Linda Harvey is in there. Tell us about other uh, uh, people that are contributing and the book and and what's it called and who's going to publish it? Yes, it's uh, Lighthouse Trails is putting out a book soon, I understand, A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement. And it has Ooh. essays by uh, many of these people. Mike Oppenheimer, who's been at part of the Berean Call Conference for a few years here, Bill Randall's um, Barrett Jose, who I've been reading since I was a brand new believer, <laughs> Linda Harvey, Roger Oakland, Carl Teichrib, Dave Dombrowski, who is Lighthouse Trails, Cedric Fisher, I'm not real familiar with him, um, and Manning Johnson, who was a, uh, as a, a younger black man, was uh, recruited into the Communist Party. Wow. They have a book on his life alone wow. and how he felt that, you know, they were telling him that, well, this will make your life better. This will help the African American have a better life. And then the lights went on for him and he got out. And Praise so, God. um, and the, the, and in the appendix, one of my essays is in the appendix of that book. So, I mean, I'm just incredibly blessed to be part of this. Um, and be part of it with all these incredible yes. authors and, and apologists. So, so keep your eye out for that. Again, the title, Mary? Uh, yes, A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement, 15 essays by some of today's discerning voices. And that's going to be Lighthouse Trails Research. God willing, it'll be the fall uh, before the end of the year. Uh, so. Keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can't wait. That's such an important topic. As you know, it's close, near and dear to our mm-hmm. hearts because that is one of the catalysts that – that started Stand Up for the Truth, right. really. It was the social justice movement, the apostates, and the emergent church yeah. and all that. Yep. That's when we started this podcast 12 years ago wow. when the radical Reverend Jim Wallace came to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, the poster uh, child for social justice yeah. in the church. Yeah. And so we have talked. I want to also point people to your booklet called S is for Social Justice. I believe the last time you were on with us, we went through this and talked mm-hmm. a lot about critical theory and and the activist systemic racism and all intersectionality and the changing the language. So we talked a lot about that. You guys can go to the podcast at standupforthetruth.com. In the blog, you can get uh, the link to all of our guests, and they're alphabetized under D. There's Mary Danielson, and you can get to that podcast if you'd like. But let's talk about what we're, where we're going today. First of all, tease that story uh, about Russia. Tease that. That's where we're going in the next segment. Yeah, um, you know, there is a major thing coming up on Sunday, and it is uh, an election in Brazil. And, you know, we're, we're so focused on, you know, Russia and Ukraine and the EU and supply chain issues, inflation, day-to-day mm-hmm. life. I mean, it's Hurricane just, Ian. Hurricane, you know, and it's yeah. always something. It's always yeah. something every day. Um, and so 
and those things are important. I mean, <laughs> Russia, Ukraine, the EU, that's all very, very important. Uh, because when we talk about prophecy, we're going to talk about global government, global economy, global spirituality in Israel. Those are the big subjects we look for. But while we're watching all these other things, there are other things happening on the other side of the world, specifically in this hemisphere, that may be really mm. surprising to people, what we don't know about Latin America and what's going on there now. So we're going to go there today. So Russia is expanding its influence in Latin America. That's the headline. Today. That's today's headline. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you guys, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But right now, we just wanted to start, for those of you that maybe just tune in for the podcast or download the podcast at standupforthetruth.com or one of the outlets and you don't hear what's on the local or regional radio maybe in your area the two minute warnings are such a gem and i'm so thankful that we air them within five or ten minutes before standard for the truth comes on but you've got a couple mary and by the way how many of these have you written about a hundred of them i think (sighs) yeah probably so these are so good guys and she's got a gift for condensing very important thoughts and facts worldview issues into two minutes that's a gift I have not been given. <laughs> so, Mary, uh, we've got a couple of them that I've asked you to share with our listeners, and they hear my voice all the time. So I'm just going to let you uh, just share. Tell us what the title of it is, and let's just go through that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with The Souls of Men. Great. Um, it's funny because I was teasing Dave. I said, well, by 902, you're going to have to take over because I, I think in two-minute segments, so we're bas- I'm basically done for the day, but <laughs> un- unless I reboot the Etch-A-Sketch. So, all right, this is The Souls of Men. There's an interesting verse in Revelation about trading in the souls of men. I've long wondered what this could possibly mean. This is Mary Danielson, and this is your two-minute warning. Revelation 18 gives us a rundown of the merchandise that will be globally traded in the final days prior to God's judgment. Since we live in a consumer society, we can easily understand the origin of the addiction that people have for accumulating stuff and what the Bible calls the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, and all that that entails. The list ends with slaves and the souls of men. I've always wondered, who is this, and how does one trade in the souls of men? Is it eternal souls or something else? Several newer translations and paraphrases don't include the souls of men in that verse for whatever reason, but it does lend insight. I decided to dig a little bit, and I found the word soul here is the Greek word psyche, the natural internal workings of us, our humanity, our state of mind. So these people not only enslave humans bodily, but they steal their souls, destroy their stability and state of mind. Considering how easy it has become to mess with the human psyche through fear and manipulation in the current outbreak, I think we can understand this even more. I think of these young people who have to wear masks and be fearful around the clock, and I wonder, if I were 10 maybe or 15 years old today, how would I look at all this, especially if I did not know the Lord? There is already untold damage being done to the stability of humans in the last days through spiritual warfare, fear, and delusion. Another verse, Luke 21:26, warns that during this coming time, men's hearts will, quote, fail them for fear for what is coming on the earth, unquote. At this hour, it's time to take these verses with all seriousness. Perilous times indeed. This is Mary Danielson, and this has been your two-minute warning. And isn't that interesting, perilous times? That was the theme of the Great Lakes Prophecy Conference a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have some thoughts on this that I want to ask you about. First, I, we forgot to mention, when will the DVDs for the conference be available? You know, there have been a, little, there have been a few technical difficulties. I call that spiritual war. Yes. And so, um, t- you know, it takes time. We have to uh, duplicate them, label them, package them. Etc. Etc. Okay. So we are looking sometime in October. I wish I could give you more, um, but um, that's okay. Our IT guy is working diligently to get those out because I know people really want to share them, show them at churches, and so they can order them by going to yes, cappleton.org yep. prophecy conference, and there's yep. a link there. Yeah, there's a link there to downloads. Go to the right; it says downloads, and you can download um, a well, a schedule is probably still up, but also the form and just send it in. And um, you will get them as soon as we have them. Awesome. Thank you. Um, By the way, if you guys know Thomas, uh, he does the tech there, just give him a pat on the back. Give him a hug. Tell him God bless you and kudos. I mean, for those of you that were there, here's an inside. For those of you that were there, um, I think he had to come up on stage three or four times during my presentation because literally the PowerPoint that worked fine before the conference and the day after, I went and I checked and I flipped through it. It worked fine. No no bugs, no hitches. 
and during the conference, we could not get it moving. It was unbelievable. He edited himself out of the video while he had to come up on stage and help me do this. It was absolutely amazing. Now you look at it and go, <laughs> you know, anyway, it's kind of kind of great. So tell uh, Thomas hello and uh, just give him a hug for me. Um, Mary, you know the left is changing the language. They're redefining words. They've been doing this. They're masters at this, redefining the terms and putting out their narrative. This Something that jumped out at me is the soul uh, the Greek word psyche, fascinating. And I want to just remind people of what Joe Biden did when he was campaigning for president against Trump. He had a couple of mottos, slogans, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, build back better, right, a communist policy. But one of the things he had on his website, it said, battle for the soul of the nation. Wow. And so now the idea of that, Mary, I'd love to get your thoughts. The idea of that <laughs> is true. There is a battle. Because we know everything is spiritually rooted. There's a demonic, there's warfare going on for the souls of men. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't God be concerned about nations? So, yes, there's a battle for this. But for the Biden Democrats, who are about as godless as I've ever seen a political party in my life, and you can just look at their platform and what they represent, what they say, they're changing the language, saying we're the ones that are bringing in light and he said in speeches at the time in 2020 when they were campaigning, he said, we just want to get rid of the chaos and the darkness. We just want to bring some light and some healing to the nation because we're in a battle for the soul of America. I wrote about that in my book, Canceling Christianity, because I could not believe he was getting away with that. And where I was thinking, where were the pastors? Where were people that were Republicans that were calling him out on that? Going, wait a minute. You're saying you he's the most divisive. I could go on, but I want to let you comment on that. We're talking about the soul. Of a nation. Yeah, the soul of a nation. I. Hmm. <laughs> Where do you start? Where do you start? Because it <laughs> seems like you're never going to put the toothpaste back in the tube. We took a turn in 2020 that is never going to, we're never going back. Mm-hmm. And I think of the verse that says, woe unto you that call evil good and good evil. And I think we've been quoting this for years, ever since the public schools went south yeah. and abortion and all that. But but every every day it seems like that verse becomes more three-dimensional um, and, and you're right. I mean, Satan is, he's working over, over, over time, triple over time to delude till we get to that point in Revelation where you have the mark and people are willing to sell their souls, you know, for a bag of groceries. And, and it is an eternal decision. So that's yeah. the end game. Yeah. Um, life and death, uh, heaven and hell, eternal lake of fire. That's the end game here. And we are on that road and it's so sobering. Um, we are going to talk about the, your another two-minute warning when we come back from break in, in two minutes. <laughs> two minutes to break, but we don't want to start it yet. The gang's all here. We're going to talk about the UN and the World Economic Forum. We're going to talk about globalism. We're going to lead into this new article, Russia Expanding Its Influence in Latin America. But this idea about the, the battle, uh, there is a spiritual battle. The church has been a part of it, but unfortunately, Mary, I mean, I'm just looking at another headline here. American evangelicals increasingly confused on core biblical truths. So if we're muddy on doctrine, how are we going to be able to fight the Mm -hmm. spiritual battles that we are required to fight today with the enemy ramping up Mm -hmm. his attacks? It's an impossibility. You have to know the scripture. There should not be any confusion. I'm confused about confusion (laughs) because the Bible lays all this stuff out. But Mm -hmm. there's been uh, obviously a lack of solid systematic um, Bible teaching in yeah. the churches, and this is leading to all kinds of mischief. That pff, it's just um, throughout it's America. just no excuse. There's really no excuse. Yeah. Everybody's got a Bible. Now we know our listeners, the people that, that attend good churches, um, know that there is a battle to confuse. And the, who's the father of lies? Yeah. Satan is the father of lies. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's having a field day mm-hmm. in the year 2022. That produces these people wanting to create their own. Uh, worldview, create their own, like religious pluralism has, has, has gone to such a place it's off the charts now because people just want to take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And what is the problem with that? Christianity is an exclusive. Our gospel, Jesus is the only way, but they're trying to create other ways and we know where those other ways lead. It's up to us to warn, but we've got to get back to our churches, guys, sound doctrine, and we'll talk about that another time. But when we come back, We're going to go and take a global view of things. Very fascinating, including the elections coming up this Sunday. Mary Danielson is our guest today, Calvary Chapel, Appleton, Wisconsin. And we'll be right back on Stand Up For The Truth.
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, now we're into the part of the podcast. We're going to do another two-minute warning from Mary. Actually, she's, she's got so, so many good ones. And then we're going to talk about some key areas of prophecy. What should people be watching for? And she's got a fascinating story on a pretty big election coming up that you're not going to hear about in our news. So, Mary, you've got another one. Where is it? I had it in front of me. Oh, the gang's all here. Uh, we'll talk about this, but I'll let you read through it first. Okay. The gang's all here. For decades now, both prophecy student and scholar have been expecting a global government. Suddenly here in 2022, someone put their foot on the accelerator and it's full speed ahead. This is Mary Danielson with your two-minute warning. Entities like the UN and the World Economic Forum seem to be of one mind when it comes to setting their globalist agenda. Of course, only God can give the go-ahead for such a thing to come to pass, according to his word. But with Israel in the land now for 74 years... And if we need more evidence, then time is, that time is short. Just a quick listen to either global reset guru Klaus Schwab or mm. his right-hand man Yuval Noah Harari will make it obvious that they no longer hide their agenda but are rather proud of their goals to unite every human on earth politically and economically. Harari is the perfect player for today. He is an Israeli public intellectual and the author of several books, one of which is entitled The History of Tomorrow. You can find <laughs> his comments and interviews on YouTube, and they are very eye-opening. Now that pandemic number one is pretty much in the half-price bin, the next uphill push is climate change, (laughs) which will further their cause considerably with a ridiculous docket of legal changes, layers of taxation, and day-to-day mandates to scale our lives to fit their climate consensus. According to Harari, when it's said and done, we will have nothing and be content. That, of course, remains to be seen in the West where having nothing is up next, but contentment not so much. These outspoken globalists rightly believe that they can gain considerable control over humanity by controlling food and energy. And it won't take much to pull the rug out almost overnight by keeping planes, trains, and automobiles from traversing the land with daily supplies to keep life rolling. With foreign buyouts of farmland, supply chain issues, and natural gas and crop control across Europe, we can expect these tests of the global system to continue until dictatorial goals are met. This is Mary Danielson, and this has been your two-minute warning. Now, this is going to take us where we need to go right now for this segment here, Mary. Um, It's fascinating. I'm picking out a couple things that you said here, meaning, uh, well, some of them are, they they seem to be of one mind. These are the globalists, right? And it's interesting. It's kind of like a counterfeit of what the church is supposed to be, united with Christ, that that they may be one as we are one. Mm -hmm. Jesus prayed in the Lord's Prayer in John chapter Mm -hmm. 17. That, that the church, that they may be one. Yes. And that here we've got the elitists, the left, the globalists, socialists, and others that are uniting in this one goal, right? World domination. They can no longer hide their agenda, you said. Mm-hmm. And you pointed out just a couple areas. There are many, many more. Uh, legal changes. What's, what's going to be the next crisis? Legal changes, taxation, mandates. Will it be a health issue? Will, will it be economic? controlling food and energy. I just want to get your speculation, your thoughts on from you're well-researched, you're, you're in the know, but of course you don't know all the answers, but what are your thoughts on what might come down the road? we got, we got midterms in November, by mid-terms the way. Midterms in November, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, and you know people are, are you know tossing the, the nuke word back and forth. Uh, and that alone is, is, we really have to keep an eye on that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, what's going on over there? I, I was saying earlier, there's a 130-year-old quote that says you can't tell the, the players without a scorecard. In other words, unless they have numbers and, and names on their jerseys, which they didn't 100 years ago playing ball, yeah. you, it's very hard to keep up. I mean, there mm-hmm. is no corner of the world where something isn't um, threatening to bring us right into right into the very tribulation period. Things are lining up in ways that are blowing my mind. It's fascinating. Um, we're going to just have to wait and see what happens because we, we can't predict. But if you're looking at the signs, mm-hmm. I mean, things are ramping up, and it could be whatever, some, whatever's caused by the war. It could be, I mean, just the food supply issues right. because of the wheat and what's happening in Ukraine with Russia. Um, but also... I guess we I don't want to go into that. I was going to talk about the pipeline and and the energy because there's this there's this headline Germany claims Russia is waging an energy war and takes on 200 billion of debt to help consumers. So that's Germany's mm-hmm. doing that. So there whenever 
even the media seems to be blaming Putin. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hear the media all kind of coming together, like one mind, one narrative, I'm going, yeah. okay, I'm skeptical. Yeah. So just, just your, your thoughts on that, whether it's Putin that's causing this, whether it's the U.S., we don't know their involvement yeah. in this well, pipeline. And, and there are some, you know, the, the, the pipeline that is supposed to come online, it, there are <clears throat> uh, audio clips out there where Biden is saying, we, you know, we're, this will not happen. We will not allow this to come online. And I'm thinking, Wow. There's three different quotes that Tucker Carlson played on, on, I think it was earlier this mm-hmm. week. One was from Biden, one from his press secretary, and another member of his cabinet. It wasn't a threat that America was going to stop or block or blow up the pipeline. But if you read into that now in light of what happened mm-hmm. in the Baltic Sea, it's fascinating. You're going, okay, is America involved here? Did Putin sabotage it himself? We've got all these scenarios, and we don't know all the truth, guys, but we're just – Trying to pre- be prepared for whatever way this is going to yeah. go. The story and keep an eye on us. things. Keep an eye on things because there are going to be daily developments in all these areas. Yeah. I mean, the Ukraine war started in, what, February? Um, and I, at the time, I didn't expect it to go this long. Mm-mm. And we're still working mm-hmm. through the details of, of, of who's who and, and what's next. And, and, you know, if you add in their weather situations and earthquakes mm-hmm. and um, – Boy, any day is yeah. all wide open, oh, right? exactly. And by the way, um, a lot of us were quick. I'm not going to say us. A lot of people were quick to jump on the Ukraine and Zelensky bandwagon. He is a globalist. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Emperor Justin Trudeau up in Canada was one of his mentors. And this guy, uh, Zelensky, is bad news. But we want to pray for the church in Ukraine, right. believers, the people <laughs> right. who are suffering mm-hmm. because of how this world you know, thing is playing out. Um, so keep keep that perspective, guys. Don't think that the leadership right. in Ukraine are the good guys. Right, and there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And I was yep. saying the other day, God could have just said there will be wars in the last days, but he said rumors. Rumors, right. Meaning, you know, 100 years ago, 150, did people even have newspapers? There was no radio, TV. There was really nothing. No Nobody knew what was going on. But that points to me to it's very insightful that it's a time that you will hear things. And you will want to see what's true and what isn't. I think that's a just a that's the Lord. Yeah, know. exactly. One one thought, and then we're going to get to this article. One thought on rumors of wars. Um, what is a rumor? A rumor is something that's put out there that may or may not be true, may or may not come true. You've mentioned earlier we're hearing the word nuclear mm-hmm. put out there more often yeah. than not. I believe nations use that at times as a scare tactic. If they can win a battle without investing troops or without losing anything, sacrificing anything, just by putting the fear, rumor of war, fear, 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 then the other side is going to say, okay, okay, we'll do this and that so so that you won't touch the nukes. And that's part of Russia's nuclear doctrine. Talk about it a lot. Yeah, see what happens. Yep. You know, it's just a, the threat being there, and the threat, the actual threat may be there. You know, we don't we don't know, but but that's part of his plan is to get people to go. Interesting. <gasps> okay, Mayor, but what does Russia have to do with Latin America? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> well, I want to just take a few minutes and explain to people about an election that's coming up. You know, we're talking about our elections, and we're we're rightly so looking into all of that. Uh, very interested in that, but. Um, <sighs> The whole world is lurching to the left. I mean, there is a future global dictatorship pending. Um, And so keeping an eye on Brazil, a nation this large in the Americas, is important because Mm. there's going to be a far-left agenda around the world. And we all know one election can make a big difference, right? You know, are you talking about us? Are you talking about Trudeau? And what happens in Brazil the next weeks should concern us all. Okay, let me just give you some things about Brazil. A lot of us maybe don't know much about Latin America. I certainly didn't. Um, Brazil is currently run by a man named Jair Bolsonaro. He is a right-wing politician, as we would understand that. Now, he won in 2018 mm-hmm. on the evangelical vote, which actually makes up 40% of Brazil's religious landscape, which is quite a bit. Wow. Um, and because of his uh, conservative ideology, he has suffered a lot of the s- constant derision, just like Trump did. Uh, America media hates Bolsonaro. They call him obviously a racist and a fascist. He is a nationalist. He doesn't like the WHO. He doesn't like the UN. So let's draw a straight line and say yeah. Soros hates him and Biden hates him. So yep. here's here's what you want to know about Israel here. 
It's the largest and most populous nation in Latin America. Half the continent, half the entire continent's population and economy are in Brazil. It's the fifth largest nation in the world. It has the largest military force in this entire hemisphere after us. Wow. They play a major role in world trade, and their top trading partner is China. They have military ties with Russia, and they're the last pro-American government in South America. So they are our single most important ally in this hemisphere. So now we're going to add something to that, and this will be helpful in understanding why this is such a big deal. And that is BRICS, B-R-I-C-S. It's an acronym for an economic block made up of five of the world's biggest economies. That's 40% of the world's population. Hmm. So BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, strangely enough. China has the number two economy in the whole world, and India number five. So now we're talking, doing some math here. Uh, BRICS just met in China for their 14th summit. Uh, If you compare the main Western bloc nation, now that's G7, versus this emerging market, BRICS represents 3 billion people. The G7 is 987 million. So now we're talking the triple population. Wow. of the G7. They want to set up an agenda. They want to be part of the global economy, one that has nothing to do with the U.S. Uh, so they're developing their own global banking system. Other countries want in. And just yesterday, Russia, just yesterday, Russia announced they're going to come up with their own currency. Hmm. Uh, and this acronym, BRICS, was coined by an economist of Goldman Sachs. So that tells oh, you quite a bit. Okay. You know, it's, <laughs> it's all about the banking system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he says they will probably eclipse the world's biggest economies, which makes me scratch my head because the EU, you know, if the Antichrist comes out of the EU, what happens to Germany? What, what about that economy? So this is interesting. Yep. Uh, anyway, China wants in on Brazil. They, of course, they want in everywhere. China has recolonized Africa. A lot of people have not uh, known this either. They've taken so many resources for themselves from Africa. They're buying up everything in sight. There's only one remaining African country that even recognizes Taiwan. And so, of course, in today's PC culture, colonialism and racism, oh, they're bad, bad, bad. But it's okay for the Chinese to subjugate Africa, and the leftist media is not reporting that at all. Uh, in Latin America, it's the same thing. They're buying up the continent to our south. They're buying up U.S. farmland, 350,000 acres currently of our farmland. Wow. They go in and they dig up the GMO seeds, and they figure, well, this will save us 10 years of research. We're just going to take what's, you know, the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, companies that are owned by China and the U.S. are AMC Theaters, GM, Snapchat, Hilton Hotels, GE Appliances, the Chicago Stock Exchange, Smithfield Foods, uh, the Waldorf Astoria, Hoover, Red Bull, owned by China. Wow. So back That's to this. Yeah, it is. Back to this election. Uh, I'll wrap this up here. Sure. Um, his opponent in this election is a leftist, lefty, uh, Lula da Silva. It's, it's uh, Luis, but they call him Lula. He's been in power there before. Uh, if he wins, Latin America's seven largest economies will be run by far left leaders. And of course, their economies like Venezuela are run into the ground. And I think that's by design. Mm, yeah. um, I don't think anyone's ever going to bail them out. I don't think China's going to bail them out. They're just going to run into the ground, just like our our blue states and cities are running into the ground. Yeah. Um, if De Silva gets in, um, Brazil is literally going to lose their political and economic soul um, because they will become a leftist social justice state, similar to the U.S. and Canada. Um, De Silva's ahead right now. Uh, Bolsonaro said if De Silva wins, he's going to not, he's not going to concede. He believes the election will have been stolen at that point. So, you know, here we go again. Wow. But here's the head scratcher moment of the day. And don't forget this one. China wants Bolsonaro to win again. Okay. So let's just think this through here. Uh, because when he campa- uh, campaigned in 2018, he had a record of attacking China. He said China is buying Brazil and he visited Taiwan. But, okay, think about the ramifications of this. Since Trump lost, Everything has changed. Um, China has now become an indispensable trading partner to Latin America. Bolsonaro was very pro-Trump, very anti-vax. He blamed China for COVID. Once Trump lost, he became isolated uh, by the West and rejected. So now he has turned to embrace China. There's your bricks. China and Brazil are in bed together financially. uh, And being in bricks elevates his global standing. Um, Can you... Can you go through who the name the nations in BRICS again? B- yes, B R I C. Yes, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, 
China and South Africa. Okay. That's not even a regional. You know, we're looking for 10 regions in the, you know, in the, in the last days. Yeah, this isn't Daniel. even regionable. This is po- um, population and money. Okay. You know, 40% of the world's economy, 40% of the world's people is in BRICS. Wow. And like I said yesterday, they said, well, we, we're going to have our own currency and that, you know, we're not going to deal with the dollar at all. So stand by for that. Like I said before, you can't tell the players without a scorecard. I mean, for Bolsonaro to switch like that and the ramifications of Trump losing has brought us more into the left in this hemisphere. Wow. So the dictatorial um, leftist thing is, is it's right in our yeah. backyard. Yeah. And it's interesting how these things didn't happen overnight. Right. The, the, the ground had to be prepped and tilled for decades mm-hmm. To get to this point where so much is imploding, and that that means nations. How did you call it? The leftist lurch is that lurching to the lurching to the left? Absolutely, that didn't happen overnight. No, Um, but now we've got some more conservative leaders that uh, are rare, Mm -hmm. and they're interesting. They're being called fascist or. Uh, in, in America, you're a Christian nationalist, right? When they haven't even defined the terms, right. Christian nationalism. Right. But uh, anyway, um, we've got we've just got a minute here, so I don't want to open up another subject. But we are going to talk about um, this article that you shared with me from the Gatestone Institute, brand new this morning. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more um, about Russia's expanding their influence in Latin America. And also, um, we want to talk about that uh, – it, what, what is her name again? Italy's new prime minister, Giorgia Maloney or Milani. I think it's Maloney. Mm-hmm. I've got a great quote from you, friends, because I, the reason I want to just mention this briefly is because I'm looking at some of the headlines. and I'm looking how the media is referring to her, and they're calling her a fascist. Ms. Mussolini. Yeah, there's one, there's one outlet. I don't remember who it was that's, that's saying this Italian leader is Mussolini's ghost. Which is just the complete opposite if you know what she has said and what she stands for. So we'll just start with that when we come back. Get that out of the way. And then we'll go back to uh, Russia and Latin America. And uh, fascinating times right now. We are with Mary Danielson on Stand Up For The Truth. So much more to come. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, we're back with Mary Danielson. Um, so much more to talk about, but I want to go right to Giorgia Maloney. She is the new uh, Prime Minister of Italy, where the left, the media, and those powers that be are calling her either a fascist, that article saying Mussolini's ghost. Let me just quote her. And by the way, you spell Georgia, G-I-O-R-G-I-A. My brother-in-law, who is Italian and lives in Toronto, sent this to me. And this is a quote from her. Quote, everything that defines us is now an enemy for those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves. And so they attack national identity. They attack religious identity. They attack gender identity. They attack family identity. I can't define myself as Italian, Christian, woman, mother. No, I must be citizen X, gender X, parent one, parent two. I, I must be a number because when I am only a number, when I no longer have an identity or roots, then I will be the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators, the perfect consumer. That's the reason why we inspire so much fear, because we do not want to be numbers. We will defend the value of the human being, of every single human being, end quote. So there are some words that you won't hear in the media about the prime minister of Italy, but you know how they're framing her now. Obviously, if she's against this, the gender surrender and the attacks on family, and now you know why. You know, she is being attacked. So I just wanted to share that with our listeners. So, uh, Mary, we've got a fascinating article. We don't have time to get into the whole thing, but we will put it in the blog today at StandUpForTheTruth.com. It's from the Gatestone Institute, and it's called Russia Expanding Its Influence in Latin America. Just share whatever you want. I thought that was interesting that it just came out yesterday. I was working on some of this yesterday, and it popped up on my phone at that moment, and I thought, okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. And I think part of it is because of the Brazilian election on Sunday. 
Um, but uh, it says, that, I love Gatestone because they have bullet points at the beginning of every lengthy article so you can see what their research is leading to. Mm-hmm. And it says, of particular concern is that Russia has not only been strengthening its relations with old Latin American partners such as Cuba and Nicaragua, um, and Venezuela, but it is now forging new and stronger relationships with countries that were traditionally oriented towards the West, such as Brazil and Argentina. And it says, um, um, oh boy, okay, Russia's actions in Latin America have been significantly deteriorating the security situation there, as well as enabling China to gain influence. And now they have a deal with Brazil where they can, uh, or Russian warships can make port calls on short notice. Russia has doubled its naval deployments in the region. Um, you know, there says they're seeking inroads in this hemisphere, that's us people, hmm. uh, by providing security training through uh, billions in weapons and military equipment. In other words, they're pulling up a parking spot down in Latin America. China has their own designated parking spot with their name on it, hmm. and they are completely yeah. altering this hemisphere. Wow. It's really amazing. Um, it there are other bullet points here. Um, Who's strengthening their partnership in June, a couple months ago, several months ago? Putin and Brazilian President uh, Bolsonaro confirmed their intention to strengthen their strategic partnership. So refresh my memory, Mary. I know you you shared in the last segment, uh, Bolsonaro, isn't he more uh, on the right? Isn't he more conservative? Well, he was, and now he is is going left because Trump had lost and he felt isolated. And now BRICS... Um, and Putin's getting around sanctions because of BRICS. And so they're all, you know, okay. uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're all now becoming closer together um, in the wake of any remnant of the West whatsoever. I mean, we're we're done. You know, the sun is setting on just that whole conservative worldview, and the sun is rising on a global dictatorship. One thing you said in an email that you sent me or, or a message that I th- – find it fascinating. You were talking about this important uh, Brazil kind of up for grabs now, sadly, as all of Latin America could become far left, as you say, lurching to the left, depending on what happens in a few days, Sunday in the elections. And you said this, it's got parallels to America written all over it. And I'm thinking, what happened in 2020? Now, it just just didn't take one election, right? Because the election didn't affect the already gone public school system and right. corporations and Hollywood. But as far as our government and globalism, when, when Biden-Harris got in, mm-hmm. that happened. It Now, America has shifted radically you know, toward the left one-world government, and they're supporting all that, where Trump, and even in many of his speeches, was ticking them off over at the World Economic <laughs> <laughs> Forum and, and the NIH. It's an he, understatement. Yeah. Yes. He's yeah. saying um, America will never be a globalist nation, and they were like seething. Yeah. And here we are today. So it's interesting that you mentioned the parallels because this story over in Brazil does have parallels yes. with, with yes. America's shift. Yeah. And, and like I said, and China wanting now Bolsonaro to win after he's been so conservative for so long. And here the man <laughs> in the middle of, in the middle of his, you know, presidency and because Trump lost. So look, here's some ramifications to the south of us because Trump lost. Now he's isolated. He's our only ally mm. in this hemisphere, really. Yeah. I mean, Canada is off the rails. Oh, my goodness. You know, and, and so really he is. Okay, well, let's clarify something. You said he's our only ally. Yeah. Who, who is our? Okay, if you took America, right? right. You're thinking of the United States. Right. Um, you're thinking ally. Well, Biden, Harris, they're, they're allies with Trudeau. Right. They're allies with globalist right. leaders and the UN. They're allies with those who hate America. So. Mm-hmm. When we're thinking, well, allies to the former United States of America, yeah. right? Right, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because uh, because of you know the, there's they have a huge military down there, and and uh, we've been pro Taiwan, and they were pro Taiwan, and now every single other nation down there in Latin America, um, they have all switched over. Venezuela, like I said, is a disaster uh, economically, and gosh. that's the way we're all going. Yep. We're all going to tank. And I think when people say, well, the economy is going to tank, a lot of it has to do with, well, we all know, the leftists coming to power. It's just as plain as the nose on our faces, yep. I think. <laughs> yep. Yep. And now, now, for Christians, don't be overwhelmed by this. Yeah. Uh, we can understand we're getting closer. We are in the last mm-hmm. days. 
So we're getting very close. These world events have to happen prophetically. Right. Um, let's talk about one more bullet point from this article over at Gatestone Institute on Russia's influence. It says, agreements with Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Brazil allow Russian warships to make port calls on short notice. Yeah. And it says Russia doubled its naval deployments yeah. in that region. They have so, a permanent parking place over there. Yeah. That that is one of the more yeah. fascinating things. You don't if you have think to call of, ahead. You don't have to call ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just show up. If you think of military, you know, organization and cooperation, um, it's potentially scary. But we're thinking, you know, God's God is sovereign yeah. over every move. What does it say in Daniel two? He sets up kings yeah. and he deposes kings. Well, and we've been watching this. I've been watching this since I got saved. My first meal as a Christian was Revelation. They say you are what you eat. <laughs> You know, that was my first meal. So I've been watching this for so long. And, and I say, bring it on. You know, I, as much as you don't want to see people going into a Christless eternity for any reason whatsoever, but we've known this is coming. I'm just, you know, rejoice, look up for your redemption draws nigh. And that's, that's my position. So Mary, uh, you're gonna have to explain something because the average Christian, when they get born again or saved, doesn't jump into the book of Revelations. That says a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> that does. But seriously, the average Christian will start with maybe the Gospel of John, maybe Psalms, uh, right? Or, you know. Yeah, yeah. But share a little bit about that because that's fascinating that you immediately, when you were saved, you had that appetite, so to speak, yeah. for prophecy. Well, I can tell you exactly what happened because uh, <laughs> there was a Calvary Chapel pastor's conference out west. Um, Tim and I were engaged. We were about to get married. You know, we're getting, we got all our plans going on. And Pastor Dwight brings back this newspaper, from, and all the major newspapers in the country had these full-page ads, and we still have it. We still have this copy. It says, the Christ is now here. And it was Lord Maitreya and his Christ that he was going to was reveal himself to the world. Oh this is 1982. Wow. So I looked at that, and I think I kind of went pale because I, it seemed all of a sudden I thought, I need to know more about this. I'm brand new in the Lord. I don't know a lot about this. So we started a Revelation Bible study uh, in the Little White Church on Richmond Street with 25 people. Wow. And I, as growing up Catholic, I had never heard any of that. And I thought, why has no one ever told me this? Mm. So as it, as it, you know, went out, Ezekiel 38 and 39, Gog and Magog, Daniel, you know, the, the kingdoms, Babylon and, and, uh, the Medes and the Persians and the yep. Greeks and the Romans and the Ten Toes. Fascinating. And it's like, so the systematic survey of it, which does take many, many years mm. to really understand, but it's worth undertaking because the Bible just comes alive. God is a God who knows the end from the beginning. That's what sets him apart from every small G God out there. Yeah is, you know, he's outside of time. The parade starts here and it ends here and he sees the whole thing. And it, it really built my faith. It made me understand how big our God is. And here we are wow. in 2022 talking about yes, this stuff. Yes, it's fascinating. And by the way, I want to put in a little plug for uh, my church, um, Depeer, Christ the Rock. And uh, Pastor Kevin is going through the book of Daniel awesome. in our Wednesday night Bible study. We're in the Gospel of Mark on Sunday mornings, but I say that because we're doing renovations now. Um, in a year and a half, we have quadrupled in size. Mm -hmm. And Wednesday nights, there's standing room only. Mm -hmm. That's why I say, um, just to put it out there, but I'm proud of the fact that he is one of those bold leaders that's mm -hmm. going through verse by verse. He's talking about globalism. He's talking about all these things and how these nations will come together. The book of Daniel is fascinating. It is. That ties in with Revelation, ties into so much of what we're seeing now and the Antichrist and how that's going to play out. Um, but Mary, we've got a couple minutes left and I want to leave our listeners with some encouragement. So I want to go first to uh, Titus chapter two and then I'll just get your thoughts on how you can just encourage people. As you said, we started this podcast by you wanting people to watch out for these key areas of prophecy and the signs of the time. So that's one of your encouragements. And I think that's what we laid out today in many ways. But Titus chapter 2, starting in 11, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his own, his very own, eager to do what is good. 
These, then, are the things you should teach, encourage, and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. From Titus 2. So, Mary, we've got uh, three minutes left. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go for encouraging those who are listening right now, wanting to keep up with everything but not be overwhelmed and yet still be effective in our right. communities for Christ? Right. And, and it's good to be informed. We need to be informed and then balance that with what the Bible says about take no thought for tomorrow. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So that 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 basically puts our, a little fence around our day. From the time mm. you get up to the time you go to bed, proclaim his love in the morning and his faithfulness at night. Those are your little time mm. segments that yes. you have. And then there's Philippians 4.18. Whatsoever is true and honest and praiseworthy and that doesn't sound like the news. I realize that. <laughs> uh, but, you know. Think about such things. Think about such things. And there's a promise there. And it says, and the God of peace will be with you. So if you find yourself stressed out, find that balance of, of thinking about whatsoever is praiseworthy and honest and true. Um, and I think that uh, we need to have that balance in our lives because of our psyches, <laughs> our soul. <laughs> we need that. We need to spend equal time with the Lord as we mm. do in the news. Yes. But. Jesus said, "You you need to discern. You know the signs in the the sky. You know you know when the storm is coming. You need to know. So everybody just find that balance. Balance is a key word because I'm thinking that we need to be informed because God's people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the application of that knowledge is also important. And yet at the same time, surrendering our cares and our thoughts, the battles in the mind, oftentimes, and with it." We weren't meant to have these gadgets in our hands or plugged into our ears or in front of these screens in front of our faces 24-7 when we're awake. This is not normal. It's not natural. But we are keeping up with world events this way. We are understanding Bible prophecy this way. But we need to find that balance. Uh, Mary, it's always a blessing when you come in. I think we cover so much. We do. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that we're able to get through all these different topics and give people like kind of like wet their whistle a little bit right. more for Bible and prophecy. And do their own homework. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Do your own homework on everything. So God bless you, sister. Um, remember, friends, to look for the book that's coming out, Lighthouse Trails, that Mary is one of the contributors. It's called A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement. Um, editors at Lighthouse Trails be looking for that w- within the next couple months. Um, and of course, friends, we shout out to our friends at Calvary Chapel Appleton. Um, thank you guys again. You can order the DVDs soon for the 2022 Great Lakes Prophecy Conference. You can get those on the website as well. Okay, what do we have coming up next week? Monday, news and commentary day. We'll talk about government. We'll talk about worldview. We'll talk about the um, leftist infested public schools and what's going on in education that you still probably have no idea about. Pastor John Pinnell, Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa, Illinois. His father was a Freemason, yet he grew up Baptist and did both. How was that possible? John's going to be here. We're going to talk about Freemasonry and the Lodge, the temple. We'll talk about that Tuesday. Wednesday, Dr. Nathaniel uh, Jeanson talking about his book, uh, Traced. Also, Thursday, we've got Brad Matz. And Friday, John Haller, more prophecy. (laughs) Uh, We think we have a theme, though, Pastor's Week next week. But thank you guys so much. Have a great weekend. Again, God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.